Hello and welcome to the UK Scriptwriters Podcast with me, Danny Stack, and beside me is the master, Tim Clay. How do? How do? Uh, we're a couple of uh, UK screenwriters who get together once a month to talk about UK screenwriting, really, but global screenwriting, all the issues that affect screenwriters everywhere, but with a UK slant. Um, so that's us. So we've, In a nutshell. In a nutshell, we crack on with screenwriting news. And the news no this news, month. No news. There is no news, so we can move on straight next, away. Next topic. <laughs> Actually, well, no. Reason was last time, which we, was a little bit over a month, I think, Danny. Yeah, we, the jubilee threw us off. That there was a lot of new things. So you might, if you've not listened to the podcast in a while, take a take a little trip back in time, listen to the previous episode. There was a so lot of news. Of stuff a lot on. of news in the last podcast. Um, so we can go straight on to screenwriting mail. <laughs> so slick it was so slick Danny um, we love the male we love the male yeah and we love the female but we love getting the male because um, it gives us stuff to talk about yeah and it's things that are on people's minds yeah. and it's also perhaps challenges some of our thinking to rethink it again and discuss it because quite often myself and Danny might have different views on it we, we like that because we can talk about it but it also brings you into it because if you've got other views on it, that you know, a third way, a fourth way of doing things, we can really get into that. So, first of all, before we get into the mail, uh, we'll have a shout out for more mail. More mail. Keep sending in your questions. UKScriptwriters at hotmail.com is our email. Or find us on um, Facebook under UK Scriptwriters and you can leave a message on the Facebook page. Leave a page. message or promote even your work on the Facebook page. That's fine. Yeah, um, feel free. And Twitter, we're on Twitter as UK Scriptwriters. So, you know, just get in touch. That's all groovy. Um, so we got an email from Jordan Sheehy, uh, who was asking us about the old issue about show, don't tell. Now, most people, most of us, I think, understand what show, don't tell means. Um, well, let's just go over that. Yeah. It's a bit of advice. It's a bit of advice. For script writers, because we're working in a visual format, we're not working in on novels, particularly, well, for this bit of advice, mm. we're not working on... Um, uh, pros, we're working on things that are going to be shown and seen. The moving image could be games, could be even um, uh, comics, could be TV, it could be cinema, any of those moving image formats, basically. Yeah. So it's kind of thrown out there as something really simple for writers to latch hold of, show, not tell. It's generally good advice, yeah. Um, now, the jo point is, Jordan's, Jordan's, not Jordan's got... picked a little hole in that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. There's Which, a knock-on effect of yeah. that. Yeah, so his, his question is, how do I continue to tell a story visually? He knows he wants to do that and it's a good idea. But at the same time, as you avoid clogging up your script with huge chunks of action or description. So, Which, you know, if you It's a very valid point. It's though. a good point because the other piece of advice people say is, you know, make your script really easy to read. Yeah. So that so use fewer words, f fewer words. And, you know, people like to just read dialogue yeah. and they don't want to read big descriptions. Mm. So those two things, as so Jordan is saying, it's a paradox. Are, are, yeah. Are in conflict. Yeah. Now, conflict's good. Conflict. <laughs> the name <laughs> of the game. At the same time, let's have a bit of clarity around this bit of advice. Uh, for me. Yeah. To, 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 to kick it off, although I'll be kind of finding my own way around what I mean by this. I don't always think, to tell you the truth, let's just start with show not tell I, 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 I also think that showing doesn't always mean it's a bit of action where there isn't any dialogue you can still actually be showing a lot of things through the dialogue what do I mean by that what I mean by that is of course it's the way someone says things 
things that they don't say rather than someone just saying how they feel. So, you know, rather than saying, I feel upset with you, Danny, I might say something rude about you in the dialogue. So that's actually kind of a form of showing or telling. So first of all, you can get your show in the dialogue. Yeah. Secondly, why have a big chunk of description, which is what Jordan's afraid of having, a big chunk of description. Why, why, would, you, why would you have that? It can be the small things that are put in put into um, you know, normal actions. So it can be just one word or two words can actually make a big difference. And the third thing I'm thinking about is something we talked about in the last podcast that I've actually done since, so it's helped me, which is where we talked about putting small bits of action in the brackets of the dialogue. The parentheses, yeah. So you kind of say, da-da-da-da, slamming something down, next bit of dialogue. Mm. And and you're kind of, you're kind of sewing that, that in there so you sh the, the dialogue might be talking about something very ordinary mm. could even be a bit of exposition or something but your action therefore is a full stop in there it said you know your action is aggressive to indicate mm. um that you're showing that aggression not saying i'm aggressive yeah i don't know that was some random thoughts off the top of my head well Danny. i think on that? um what you're saying there is like combining it with the subtext of what's going on and breaking it up with some visual action rather than just letting the dialogue tell you everything that's going on you're, you're talking about combining it aren't you mm. like with a little bit of description a little bit of dialogue but the dialogue is also a bit of subtext yeah that you can sneak in with the parentheses yeah. or whatever and all of those things combined to me are richer yeah yeah um and then then there's the craft issue i think of writing large chunks of action because a lot of new screenwriters, I find, in the scripts that I read, say for the Red Planet Prize, if it's a novice screenwriter, mm. they'll just have a large paragraph of, of, of action. And it might be perfectly valid action, but because it's all clumped together like that, it's like it's already slowing me down mm. in terms of trying to work out things. I don't know mm. if it, there might be something psychological in it in terms of just trying to process information in that kind of large chunk Mm. way and and i think as you get better as a screenwriter you develop that keen sense of craft about i only need to say this about this image yeah and i only need to say this about this image and i don't need to put it into this big long paragraph i mean i have a personal rule of just two line paragraphs yeah 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 just two lines yeah um and the only exception to that rule is if one sentence goes over three lines which so, is happens every now and then what you're saying though danny is almost that's a layout well yeah a layout it's a layout issue. thing so you're saying it, instead of having one big if you are faced with having to have a an action sequence no dialogue it's just action mm -hmm. could be physical action as in an action film but it could just be activity mm -hmm. action then don't have that big massive text Let's just block that out. So it's almost like a beats mm. of the action going down. Someone bursts into the room. Next line almost. Mm. Let's not, don't write the next sentence after. Yeah. You know, they kind of, they jump on top of the monkey and wrestle it. Mm. Next line. And kind of really break that down. So you can almost follow the action as it occurs. Yeah. Which is good anyway for you as a writer because it's helping you think about the beats of the action not getting merged into a mass of slightly confused overlapping action you're breaking it down almost. breaking it down but not... also in a storytelling way because i, I mean yeah. me i want to tease 
or entice you with every line of description that I'm yeah, using. Yeah. So each one follows on to the next or keeps yeah, you yeah. reading rather than, you know, we walk into the room and there's wallpaper of seagulls and there's and the chairs are leather but beaten and you're yeah, like, yeah. well, that's art direction. I'm yeah. not interested in unless that. Unless it's some crucial Yeah, unless point. it's a crucial but thing. But if it gets lost, but the trouble is if you do it all the way through, your crucial points get lost in amongst exactly. the other stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I tuned into a bit of Star Trek the other day, the original film. And there was a sequence with no dialogue mm. for a good five minutes, mm. and that and that's what caught my attention. What's that motion? The motion picture. The motion picture, yeah. And the music was very yeah. low, yeah. And it just generated a very kind of intriguing sequence. Oh yeah. And I just thought to myself, in script, I bet that was almost difficult to read because what mm. we're talking about in terms of the advanced craft of two line paragraphs and keeping it lean tight, I think that's developed over the last twenty thirty years, really. Oh. If you want an example, or if the folks listening want an example of the opposite of what we're saying, <laughs> yeah, uh, but also a lesson to be learned still from it is um, to look at the two thousand and one script. Oh right, yeah. and a um, uh, few things. You know, they had um, a big narration at one point, mm. and obviously that disappeared. But also, just yeah, the big chunk of action. But the lesson that you can still learn from from that is, first of all, it's it is broken up not as much as you're indicating mm. that's increased but it is broken up slightly the second thing is to really have some visual hooks that you can yeah. you can hang on to so if you don't have the visual hook method here's what you end up with big big paragraphs where you've got a lot of description where you say the man in the purple jumper da, da, da. and then because you want to keep that the same you end up saying the same thing or it becomes really confusing and 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 there's maybe the experience you you've had by reading beginner's scripts is that you end up with that long description of which it's hard to follow mm. what's going on and it's detail that I have to process rather detail than a story that I'm interested in and and finding those those shortcuts almost like a like a marketing person might do where you say the hipster mm. and then you kind of like you don't need to describe what the hipsters wearing you've pictured him mm. and then you can or you can kind of say the dudette or the the funky honky guy mm. and you're just like whoa what's this but then you kind of can follow that through in a shortcut you remember it that character's not got a name why hasn't he got a name yet we don't know but you it's so memorable that you're not having to go back this is when you know you're in trouble isn't it when you're reading something and you have to keep flicking back a couple of pages to like who who mm. who's this because they've got maybe a not a memorable name or they've not been described properly and you're flicking backwards and forwards trying to piece it together. But mm. that's when you know it's not quite right. Now, yeah. trouble is, get get film that, it would be all Easy, right. Yeah. Because we would dress mm. said hipster anyway, even if you describe them differently, in some weird whatever. Yeah, trying too hard thing, big bag over their shoulder and, and you know, it, it would be cool. We'd remember them because they looked weird. But we're trying to bring that forward into the script so you go this guy's gonna look weird so let's call him something weird the weird the weirdy beardy man mm -hmm. you know and then you kind of go yeah yeah i remember that now i remember that yeah but i think that that helps cut down these long descriptions by putting those shortcuts in yeah back to the <laughs> leading that all the way back around. well this is i mean this is what i would say to jordan is that as you develop as a screenwriter you will um develop that assured sense of um screen description or short visual shorthand so that you don't get bogged down by a lot of unnecessary description or big chunks of action and if mm. you have big chunks of action just space them out every every two lines um, break them up 
but mm. all, all, always think of story and, and is it interesting and is it interesting to the reader? Get that right. Get that right. Get those short beat descriptions, visual things. Get the dialogue slick and minimal. And you hand that to a director. They'll they'll, they'll call you a visual writer. Mm. They go, this is a real filmic writer. Mm. Not they 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 were worried. They thought they were gonna get. Mm you know uh, sort of a hack and you, you they go no no this is like a director's writer mm. and the actors will say the same you know a very visual writer and that's, that's a good a good hook to have mm. so i think just those few simple things and finding your way it does take a little bit of finding your way you mm. write Danny, but you find your way through those sort of things and it really stands you in good stead as someone that knows the form i think well this is it it's because it because show not tell is a good bit of advice well yeah and but and this is where the frustration comes with good readers as well, because mm. sometimes you'll take all the care of craft of making sure you're showing and not telling. But because you've explained it in the fewest words possible, the reader isn't picking up on the yeah, information. Yeah, yeah, They've yeah. just breezed past it. And that's hopefully you've got a good reader. You might get mm. a bad reader. It's like the bad version is when you get introduced to Jordan enters the room. He's recently retired and divorced, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, well, how am I to know that on screen? That's just information yeah. for the reader. Well, that's it. But if you're like jo Jordan wakes up, he's in a single bed in his, in yeah. his, in his house. And he, you know, looks over at a, a photograph of a, his, yeah. his wife kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. You, you, the reader's hopefully processing information yeah. going, yeah. All oh, right. Well, he's either yeah. divorced or widowed, and something's yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, and I don't think. I don't think. I don't. There's nothing you can do about the scenario that you're you're you've put forward, though, Danny. Like, if you've got a reader that can't pick that up, then I don't think there's anything you should be changing as a writer. No, no, at all. That. But this is so, frustrating. It's yeah, frustrating. it's just, but whatever. You know, we work in a in an industry where we. Well, no, it, it could be anyone, mate. You could be anyone. Mm. I mean. If you design a bit of equipment, but you've got someone that doesn't read the instructions, you try and make it as simple as possible. <laughs> but what can you do? You know, it happens, like to it. it happens to everyone, you know. Everyone has these issues that you can never quite work out the other person, what they're going to exactly. do. Exactly. All you can do is do your best. As long as you're confident with the way you've told the story, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah, Get it exactly. out there. Okay, I think that's... So I hope that answers your question, Jordan. We've got um, uh, another email here. How much research... Is enough if you're doing historical events. Yeah, we've touched on research before, I think. This is an email from Alex Fermandel. I think it's Alex Fermandel. And we also have her name down as Alison, but I think she signs off her emails as Alex. Right. And she just emailed us about research and how much is enough for historical events. And I think we've said before that um, there isn't a s such thing as enough research, is there? It's just as enough... As you feel ready to write, isn't it? I think. Well, that's that's that's. And we talked. I think we talked. And we were kind of. We were quoting Joe, uh, Joe Cornish, Cornish yeah. who said that he just he does enough until he feels he's, he's, you know, he's too excited to not write. Yeah, yeah. And that's his kind of cue. Now, if, if you're again, if you're a beginner, that's a bit harder to know when that moment is because it takes you a few goes to to get that feeling mm. understood, isn't there? For for me. Um, I think there's you can the danger is at two ends of that obviously danger in no no research um you know a poor uh, a poor representation of those events that's not going to please people um it's going to upset a lot of people and just seem a bit lazy the other way is that you kind of become too embedded with the with the, with the total facts of something and therefore perhaps aren't free enough to miss bits out 
that would maybe slow the story down for people that aren't as interested in it as you are mm. because we're in a mass market uh, industry where we're trying to appeal and draw people into this subject matter so we don't want to be in the nitty-gritty of you know um what was what did the the brass knob look like on the whatever it, you know in the story um we want to get into the emotion of how those people felt doing that deed so i think the dangers is at either end uh to me when i was doing a piece a, a project that didn't get made but was historical that i still can't talk about under that process which, which was set in a, in america for me it was in looking at that historical figure and finding out as much as I could, which wasn't that much as it, as it turned out, um, uh, that was unknown because it was a long time ago. Uh, but looking at the era and looking at photos from that era, if there were any, looking at paintings from that era, that sort of thing helped more. Mm. Um, just as an inspiration. And I think that's what your research is about more yeah. than anything else, is inspiration because you can find out things. I was doing another, I did another spec project, um, which was set in about 1350. And uh, it, I was doing this medieval, it was a medieval Western. I might have talked about it before. So it's the Western genre, but medieval England. Same sort of lawless time. I thought I could move the genre. And I was inspired by the Seven Samurai, uh, which was, of course, taking the Western into the sa Samurai era of Japan. Um, so uh, look, uh, the research there was about what happened, what, what, what is the right time to set this in? And, of course, then you started uncovering where you got the plague. That's going to be really cool as a visual thing to, <laughs> to have in there. And it changed the, the job of the main character because what had just happened in that period of time was... Um, that the Pope had put in the friars that were wandering, that could wander across the boundaries of parishes and so on. So they were a bit renegade. Uh, so I thought, well, that's cool. You know, the, mm. the main character could be one of these new kind of friars. And uh, that all kind of worked for me, you know. And but how, how much research did you put into that? Or how much research did you know was what, enough well, for that period to on the project? Well, I did. I, I tried to hit that middle ground. I didn't know anything about it at the start. I just knew I had that vision that I wanted to tell a story in that time. So I had to find out more about that time um, with, with as, 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 in, in, a, in a most open-minded way. So I wasn't trying to solve, I wasn't doing research to solve script issues. I was initially just trying to find out cool things that happened in that era. Mm. Um, well, I would say, I mean, do as, do as much research as it takes that until you feel confident and ready to crack on with the script and kind of put the research aside. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, sorry, Danny. The other thing is though, you don't have to be an expert in that field. Not at all. You just need enough for what you need. And I think because it's all right to get other hey, people to help you on the detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think when you've got your first draft done, it's fine to send that to an expert who might give you additional insights. Mm. And I've done that as well. I mean, historic for historic stuff, you need that sense of authenticity or credibility that's going to feed into the setting it's going to feed into the tone and it's going to feed into the characters the way they speak and how they behave but there's hardly any real true let's let's just admit this right and that or if people don't know this inform them but there's not really any historically accurate films because people's whole culture and outlook on life was different 
So there wouldn't be, you can't, we take a modern story normally and set it in the past. We look at historical events and we look at them through modern eyes and, and, and tell a story from modern eyes about the past. If we truly were to have, a, you know, an historically accurate thing, we'd have to change the whole basis of what an interesting story was. We'd have to actually literally adapt Chaucer or something, which would be almost impenetrable then for a modern audience. Mm. Um, people are the same. Fundamentally, we, we still have the same hopes and dreams and so on. But society was so different that, like the kind of the lone hero, no such thing. Mm. You you were born in that place, that position in life, and you lived in that position of life, you know? And all the stories of the past are normally written after. You know, Legends of King Arthur and so on. Although they're old stories now, were still set centuries before they were first written down, of course. So it becomes, you're not ever really trying to get totally, totally down to the historical accuracy. Not Otherwise, you almost couldn't layer a modern story upon it. Yeah. But even if I was doing a zombie film set in 1802, I would still do research into 1802, what it was like then. What cool stuff was there then? And, and that's yeah. going to have an influence then on yeah, just yeah, my yeah, choices yeah. of the cool zombie stuff I'm going to do. The, yeah, so. yeah, because like, right, so you've just said that to me. So I'm thinking, right, zombies on a steam train. So then, but then were there steam trains? And I've got, I've got my, were they quite wrong, invented yeah. wrong? Yeah. So if there wasn't, what was there instead? Mm. And so on, or you, you get the idea. Yeah. You've got to know that sort of stuff, haven't you? And again, what I'm, just go back to my overriding advice, which is, of course, if you discover that the things that you thought were interesting are wrong, you know, you you shift. I think you shift the story a little bit to 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 take advantage of the yeah. historical things that you find. Why? Why? You know, why not? Let's let's be brave. Yeah. Well, even if you're not doing an historical story, always do some research because it will just lift everything for you and get, inspire you and add to the whole. Yeah. Thing. The the the. The thing that's been said to me quite often, like in feedback and so on, though, from these sort of projects, is I go, but that was true. And people go, yeah, it might be true, but it's not believable. <laughs> so, you know, there's that still in you yeah. <laughs> to face, which is the fact that you can do your research, but of course, it's still got to be cool yes. story. And um, also, you don't write the research into the script. No, 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 no. It should inform, but not... It should inform everything. Just give that sense of you know what you're talking about in the world and the characters yeah, rather yeah, than yeah, yeah, yeah. And an interesting side note from yes. 1835. When... Well, you can see that in, in the non-historical stuff, even if you were writing... Um... Do you remember Tony Slattery? I do. Not sure what happened to Tony Slattery. Comedy, comedian, actor. Yeah, where, what happened to him? Well, he's probably still mucking around, I would say. Yeah, okay. He he was on a show once, and they dug out a script that he'd written for a TV, uh, some listeners will remember this, from a TV daytime soap called Gems. Right. Okay, which was uh, set in uh, like a fashion place where okay. they made um, sort of clothes. Yeah. Like a factory, like Mark Baldwin's warehouse. It was just like that, right? They did a bit of designing there. Anyway, they showed this clip. And uh, what it basically tried to shoehorn in was some issue of the week, medical issue of the week. 
but it came across and he admitted what he'd done is he just read one article in Cosmo magazine or something and then just tried to, yeah, but you know, testicular cancer can affect 57%. Just, just like that, just like that. And of course he's hiding, he's hiding in this place. It's just in the kind of embarrassment of it all. But it's easy to do that, isn't it? Because you've got the knowledge, you feel you want to share everything. Exactly. Or you might think it's really interesting that you should just put it in. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, for a script that I we should did. have an award. We should start an award for, for the it. kind of the 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 the, the, the blatantly the research <laughs> exposition. Look what I look at the book that I've read. Um, it, it, one of my scripts recently, which actually I put the first ten pages of on my blog, uh, because people were asking me, could I read the first ten pages of one of your scripts, seen as you read everything for the red. Oh Planet yeah, I like that challenge. So, so I put yeah. first ten pages up of one of my scripts, it's, Great. and and it's about it's about space. So, when, I mean, we all know about mm. space, blah, 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 but the research was needed. Mm. So the first thing you do, obviously, is swim around in the Internet and take as much info as you can. Mm. And then I researched a few books. I kind of did a Google on the specific things I wanted to know. And I bought three books, took loads of notes, did lots of Internet stuff and a lot of videos on Internet mm. as well, which is great. And then I felt, right. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was enough, at least for the pilot script. Yeah. Uh, there's more if if exactly. it ever got exactly going. There's lots more. Yeah, exactly. But it was enough. I, I felt I felt charged. I felt like yeah, 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 yeah. I'm ready to go now. Yeah. And if you want to read the first ten pages of that, that's on my blog, dannysack.com. Um. So yeah, research. Do it and do it until you're ready. Steve, okay. Steve Banks got in touch on email, not with a question really, but just. He was sharing his excitement about having his stuff performed or at a read through. What was no, it? No, the detail of that, or the de- it, was a, it was a monologue piece. So it was just one actor. All right. So, you know, you could you can go further with this idea, but but he, he, he just wanted to share. He'd heard us probably talk about it before, and he's given it a go and he got a lot out of it, which was him as a writer, uh, an actor, and then a, a kind of established or certainly seasoned director to 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 help as well and they just went they just went through it and he was surprised by a number of things he was surprised by the the approach that the actor would take so taking a line twisting it doing it in a different way the words are the same but the emphasis different or the approach different the second thing he was surprised about was the collaborative nature of working together which is what do you think they're saying to steve you know, and Steve's saying what he felt and the actor's saying, why don't I try this? Or the director saying, what do you, why did you write this? Mm, what, what does it thinking? mean? What does it mean? And so it's sort of real three-way com- conversation. Um, now, perhaps like to, to you, you, you and me that's been uh, through writing and directing and, and other people direct our work and also we've both directed other people's work, mm. that would all seem sort of n- natural and common sense to those. And, but obviously, Steve first gave through it. It was a real eye opener, and it, his email was just he wanted to pass on to other listeners the the kind of the the amount that he got from that yeah. was much much higher than what he was even thinking he'd get out of it. Mm. He thought he might make a couple of notes, but in fact, it was an inspirational journey for him to actually get into the detail of the words, try it out different ways be inspired by the different ways it could be done and what a fantastic story so well, i know we've said it before but it's it's worth doing um for even if you've got no ambition to be a director yeah 
but Steve's just throwing his, 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 his weight behind that, that advice as well. Well, this is it. I mean, reading a script is just one dimension, isn't it? But seeing it performed is three-dimensional, three yeah. multi-dimensional even. So it just kind of opens your eyes to yeah. everything that's what might be working. Yeah. And even, as we were just saying off mic, you thinking, oh, it all worked perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> when really, yeah. it's like somebody next to you would be like, ooh, a lot of work to be done there. Yeah. Um, I like the questions, though, you see, because you get questions asked of you for which you might not have the answer. Mm. You know, um, what, what, why, if I, you know, actor says, because the actor's thinking about it from the character's point of view. So they're, they're not thinking about it from the story point of view. Mm. Why am I doing this now? Exactly. Why am I saying this now? And of course, you, you know, we just want to say, well, because you've got to get there by page seven, mm. you know, which is not an answer for an actor because they want to, oh, well, sometimes they've got to live with that. Mm. But of course they want to go, well, yeah, but, if I could just have a reason, of course we can fix that real simple. And then the audience might be thinking those questions as well. So it, it really shines a light on all the decisions. I think when you're working with an actor, because they want to know more and the director wants to know more. And sometimes it uncovers the fact that you haven't thought about it enough. It, you exactly. Know? But even on a basic level, it doesn't mean you have to find an actor or a director, just get your mates around and give them pizza and have a read through of your script. Yeah. Cause even that's informative. That's in, that's, that's, that's good, and um, but then if you can get an actor, better. Absolutely, because better. not because you're not, your local your local theatre group would be helpful yeah, in this not, regard. Not because of the acting ability, because in some ways that doesn't matter. So it's not the fact they can read your lines better. In in many ways, they probably can't because someone reading the lines is someone reading the lines. You know, um, so unless they're a kind of radio actor, they're they're, they're, they're probably not going to get much more out of that. But it's those questions where they've had the experience to think about character, motivation of character and so on. They're bringing that with them. Whereas your mates will read it out and you might spot some stuff. But you, you that fresh pair of acting eyes is, 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 worth, is worth a lot. And you write kind of local shout out, local theatre groups, yeah. um, Facebook groups. Mm. Um, Especially if it's any, a, any, any, yeah, it's so easy now to put a call out, isn't it? Yeah, on, on but if it's a minimal script, like a, a like one person thing, or yeah. a short script of just two people chatting yeah, in a room, yeah. just you know, get yeah. get to it. Yeah. yeah, oh for sure, for sure. But a feature script, yeah, I mean, you you can still get people in, or people are willing. Yeah, and record it, or film it, or just sit there and take notes. I recorded when I did one. I recorded it because not for the. The thing to remember is to keep it running. Mm. So I recorded it not to hear the lines because in many ways I was hearing the lines and uh, there was nothing much new, much new, maybe five, ten percent of things I reflected on after hearing the lines. It was the discussion between them mm. that was the uh, important point. You know, those questions again. Why? What does this mean? Um, that's really good. You know, just like, you know, that's... Just, positive things come out of it as well where mm. people go what a scintillating scene you know you can feel good more more confident about it yeah so it works all around great okay okay let's wrap it up knock that on the head um yeah we are uk scriptwriters podcast thanks for listening thanks for downloading sharing telling your friends whatever yeah, yeah. that's really important otherwise we wouldn't be doing it no keep it keep keep the questions uh uh, come in we're gonna try and as, as ever like you know mix the format up we've just done the we just did. done just done emails this time we're gonna try and keep you know we'll do whatever comes around. to mind yeah. yeah 
um, and share screenwriting news and all the rest of it. So ukscriptwriters at hotmail.com is email. We're on Twitter and Facebook, UK scriptwriters. Um, and yeah, we've got our individual blogs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's just end, actually, Danny. We haven't done it for a bit. What are you working on? Um, I'm working on um, a new kids show. Hopefully a new kids show. Great. Um, and doing a few bits of script reading. And that's that's it, really. It's a bit quiet. Cool. I've been doing uh, some um, corporate stuff. I've been doing some... Um, I was helping out with a music video, shooting a music video the other day which was kind of cool, not my, not normally my thing, uh, and working on my own feature, of course, yes. still coming along. You're in full pre-production now. Sort of full pre-production, locations is the thing at the minute. Um, yeah, well, that's about enough for anyone, isn't it? Cool. So, yeah, tell us yeah. what you're doing and on the Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Yeah, le- yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, cool. Thanks for listening. All right. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Cheers. Bye.